0: Greetings, GameCola faithful, and welcome to the GameCola podcast. This is podcast number 144, Never Leaving a Closed Door, <laughs> and I am your host and podcast commander, Joseph Martin, joined by...
1: Alex the Jetty Jedrizak, Jeditor-in-Chief at GameCola.Jed.
0: Net. <laughs> I don't think that's right.
1: <laughs> Close enough.
0: Uh,
2: John Rizzi, I... Uh, I make videos on the Game Cola YouTube channel uh, on the uh, recently hiatus th- uh, playthrough of Danganronpa 2, but we will get back to that as soon as we can.
3: I'm uh, Matt Bresla. I'm a staff writer for Game Cola and uh, the resident Game Cola game collector. It's a sickness, but I'm wearing a mask, so everyone's safe. Yes.
4: I'm Anna Bernarski. I'm here as usual.
0: <laughs> yeah, did you go last on purpose? Did you just get tired of going first? No, I, I
4: panicked. <laughs>
0: <laughs> when, I, when I didn't hear you, I
3: was just like, um, I guess I screwed up.
4: (laughs) Yeah, no, I figured at that point. I was just like, might as well just go last now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, So this is a podcast about video games. Maybe it's been a while since you've heard us talk about video games in the modern era. Uh, It's been a bit of a rough time for many people, but we're back on the ball talking about video games. And we would be remiss not to open with... What is simultaneously the most important and least discussed aspect of the current video game industry, the Playbox Series 5 uh, came out, and no one is talking about the fact that two new video game consoles just got released. The what?
1: Well, but that's the thing. Is that, like, does it even matter at this point?
0: Um, to just clarify, I am talking about uh, the PlayStation 5. And the Xbox Series X and S, um, yeah, the, which are wait—they new... made a console about <laughs> <laughs> in we make, we could make jokes about naming conventions all day. So we're just gonna let that be the one um, about the. Thanks. I'm really Series glad that, mo- that terrible joke was the one.
1: <laughs> it, it, it took me several days of hearing about the Xbox Series X to figure out that they weren't just talking about the Xbox One X or whatever, that, mm-hmm. it's, that it's different. Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: No one learned from the Wii U. I was going right? to say the exact same thing.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was the working title for the console uh, when I first heard it uh, years ago, and then when I found out that it was going to be the actual title, I very, very quickly questioned
0: Microsoft, as I'm sure we all did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, the the thing that is weird to me is just that, like, I feel like the general the a general issue I think from what I hear people talking about is that there there's a new console it's very fancy and it's very new there's two of them, and they each have their own cate- subcategories of quality um but there's no games for them really, which yes, I agree that there is a very you know there's not z- actually zero games for them, but there is a very small library of games that people care about. But I feel like that's the same for every single console, and yet, there still is very little hype now that the thing is even getting going, leading up to it, I feel like there was very little hype. I feel like there was more hype about the price reveal than the actual launch of these consoles.
2: There, I, I, can somewhat agree with that because again the price was very important and but considering we're also in a pandemic right now it's like oh the new consoles came out it's like i think everyone i wouldn't say everyone i think most consumers that want them now because a lot of my friends got the playstation 5 already and i'm like all right mm-hmm. i'm 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 still i'm still in the boat like i'm gonna wait like a year for a slimmer model and a cheaper price and more games and whatnot because i still have games from this generation i want to catch up with mm-hmm. so and those are going to be dirt cheap now yeah no it is in that boat that More people are just talking about, uh, again, like, problems of the new generations rather than, oh my god, I got my new PlayStation 5, I'm so excited about it, or or, I'm so excited for this and this and so on and so forth. It's more like, I can't even get a PlayStation 5 right now, what the hell? (laughs) and Stuff like that.
0: Here's a question I have. Which of the people on this podcast intend to get either a PlayStation 5 or an Xbox Series something Sometime in the maybe not immediate future, but like within a year or so. Uh, I actually picked up a PlayStation Five at launch. I was lucky enough oh, to be able to pre-order. You got it. one. Yeah. Okay.
2: How big is it? Um, it's
3: too big. Uh, I don't know if anyone's <laughs> yeah. familiar with the Atari fifty two hundred, but it's bigger than that. <laughs> so.
2: <laughs> that is the size comparison I've been waiting to hear for the past <laughs> month. <laughs> I'm glad
0: I could offer it. <laughs> So have you used it at all, Matt? Uh, I yeah. just—I don't know. I just assumed that no one at Game Cola would ever buy the <laughs> brand new thing. I, <laughs> uh, again, I have a sickness. <laughs> mm. um, it is underwhelming, I'll say that, um,
3: because, mm-hmm. again, there wasn't enough hype leading up to it to make everybody care enough. So by the time it came out and people actually sat down to play it, it just feels like an extension of the PlayStation 4. The controller is bigger. It's a different color. The console is bigger. It's a different color, but it has the same games. At least right now it does. Because uh, pretty much almost everything that came out for PS5 at launch also came out for PlayStation 4. And I played through Spider-Man Miles Morales when it came out, which is a phenomenal experience. But it's available on PlayStation 4, so there's still no reason to bite on a PS5.
2: I can confirm that I do have Miles Morales, but I do have the PS4 version. Mm-hmm. It's a lot buggier than I've seen the PlayStation 5 version. I've, of. I've
3: heard that too. The PlayStation 5 <laughs> version gave me no issues. Uh,
2: but I'm pretty sure um, Demon Souls, the remake, that's the only PlayStation 5 exclusive at this point, point. and maybe Devil May Cry 5 Special Edition, because mm-hmm. that's like it's not built up from the gr- it's not built up from the ground up, but it's still like a separate game altogether.
0: Yeah. I've definitely heard Demon Souls be mentioned as like the, if you have a PlayStation 5, like that's the game that you have to get because it's like the, really the only one right now that's seems to be, like you said, like exclusive and like really taking advantage of what the PS5 and this current next generation, if you can call it that, right? I like the ideas of generations, I think we've even talked about on the Discord generally just as things don't line up as neatly in terms of releases mean less and less. It kind of worked out for the past couple generations because everything sort of came out at the same time. Yeah. But now that the Switch sort of has come out uh, several years before mm-hmm. these n- two new ones, it feels weird to consider. Is this a new generation? Is this the end of the generation that got started with the Switch? I think at the end of the day, it doesn't. it's not really... Practical I think, or useful to talk about it like that. I
2: think, yeah, no, I think uh, Nintendo's always done their own thing in terms of generations mm-hmm. because even the Nintendo sixty four came out two years after the Sega Saturn and PlayStation one. Like when you think when you look at those timelines, <laughs> right, so it's right. like, and so I guess it's not too much of a stretch to put the Nintendo Switch in the uh, what was the pre- what was the previous generation the eighth generation? I don't even remember the number. <laughs> yeah, <we're in> <laughs> to be now, honest. <laughs> right, yeah. So this. All right, so PS5 is the ninth. So yeah, if you put the Switch with with the eight generations because that was most of its competition at that time.
0: Real quick, just I, I'm curious about this in and, and reference to this conversation. For those of us that have a Switch... How long did you wait to purchase your Switch? Launch day, baby. Um, for <laughs> Okay, Matt so Matt's Matt's staying on brand, okay. so that's good. Um, um it took I think what October to it was released in March and I got it in October with Super Mario Odyssey, which I believe is what is that 7 months ish, so 6 or 7 months. We can round to 6 half a year. I
2: got my Switch as a Christmas gift last year, actually, so pretty late. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Uh I, I think
1: it. I got it on release day, I think. I'm trying to remember. That's, see, unlike
0: Matt, that's very uncharacteristic <laughs> of <EJ>. you, <Yeah. laughs> Jay.
1: Well, I I'm trying to remember because okay, here's the thing is I remember I do
0: remember why.
1: <laughs> no, I'm I I remember going to get it at like five AM or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't remember if it was because it was release day, <laughs> or if I was just there <laughs> for, like, Black Friday or something. Did you wake up in a cold sweat one night thinking you
0: needed to get a Switch? Do you remember what you played once you got the Switch?
1: Yeah, I played, um, was Saints. it Bloodstained something something, but the 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 2D version? Oh,
2: oh Curse,
1: uh, Curse of the, the Moon. moon. And Curse of the Moon? Is that what it's actually called? Isn't that a yeah. Castlevania one? I don't remember. Aha! Uh-huh. And now, now we understand why. <laughs> Blood-stained ritual of the night or something.
2: Yeah, that's the full one. Curse of the Moon was the 8-bit spinoff because it was like a, a Kickstarter, like a, a goal,
0: stretch goal or something like that.
1: Okay, so it must have been that I was there for Black Friday is what happened. Yeah,
0: that makes more sense.
1: Yeah, okay, never mind i didn't <laughs> i lied <laughs>
0: uh anna what about you
4: i got mine in november because they finally had some in stock and i went oh yes i have money for once
0: mm. then you lost oh, yeah, i don't re-
2: no, I lost.
0: i it. feel like there weren't really there shortages are like a big issue with the ps5 like there's there's part of that part of why maybe there's not as many people talking about it is that like Tech shortages in general have been an issue, um, both in terms of supply chain uh, issues. I've seen someone like say, all I wanted was a graphics card, and now I've learned about the entire uh, logistical system of electronic supply chains. Because <laughs> <instead. laughs> um, it's not just, uh, I mean, we very rarely talk about PC gaming specifically, but a lot of the new, fancy new PC gaming uh, graphics cards with all the RTX on and the ray tracing and all of that fun Stuff that people say and means things to them. Um, those people are having trouble getting their hands on those cards. There's issues with scalpers too. Um, I think there was oh particular God. things that like sh- basic anti-bulk buying for scalping measures that were not taken with the initial releases of the Xbox and the PlayStation that are also compounding this particular issue. Um, so I think that's another factor. Yeah,
2: I, I was scrolling through Twitter a while ago. I You kind of remind me of this. I saw someone's tweet where they bought like maybe 20 PlayStation 5s. They had mm-hmm. a picture with it and whatnot. And they had like a list, like total cost, this, and then total profit. It was like something astronomically huge. I'm like, Jesus, God, in Yikes. heaven. <laughs> These people.
0: <laughs> so that's just to give you an update, unless anybody has anything else to say on the matter um on the state of that. We'll of course keep an eye on it as more games come out. We'll we'll talk more maybe about them specifically. Um but this is sort of a segment to tell you why we're not talking more about the fact that two new video game consoles just got released.
1: <laughs> so I, I have I, no
4: I... money.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I do think about the Switch sometimes, though, right? Like, uh, Me too. The, mm-hmm, it
0: is a video game console, and we have a video game website with a video game podcast, so I would hope that sometimes you think about the video game console that you have, Jetty.
1: Yes, the one that I, I play um, <laughs> regularly. Um, but the thing is, right, the lifespan of like a Nintendo console is like six years? Roughly, mm-hmm. yeah. Six or seven, I think. Um, meanwhile, the uh, the Wii U only lasted five, which right. we are rapidly closing in on year five of the Switch, and it does not feel, to me, like it's necessary within the next year or two to make another new Nintendo console. Yeah. I feel like ah.
3: Nintendo might not do that, considering they rushed to make sure that they could get the Switch out because the Wii U was floundering. I think they're <laughs> probably gonna yeah. stick to their guns and keep with it for much longer than as
2: usual. They may release, like, a, like an updated model or something, but I still... Oh, it'll, yeah. Oh, the other That's the rumors scuttlebutt. That too. The Switch Pro rumors. It's higher than ever. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, Basically, like, a, I, think, I think the the more... in terms of, like, what Nintendo has done before, the, the comparisons might be to the DS Lite, which was in fact a better DS than the regular DS. Yeah. Can't, um, <laughs> can't confirm. And then the DSi... Um and then the three D S too, that would that's sort of a weird thing. It's like is that also a DS? Is it is the delineation the name or the fact that it takes different cartridges? I, but is then I is think this the if new
2: three DS. It's like a Game Boy Game Boy Color type thing. I in my opinion, mm-hmm. if it uses different kinds of cartridges, then it's an it's like a the next it's like
0: the next generation. A step generation. up, yeah. Yeah. Well then what about new three D S? No, uh, that's, that's just, that's in, just that's a different 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 model of a regular three D S. Yeah, but it uses different model.
2: cartridges. Really? Oh. Well, you gotta say. And, that. yeah, all three of them. <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> exactly. And there were also some DSi-exclusive games, but is the DSi not Yeah, DS? there were.
0: Well, were there DSi-exclusive cartridges? I knew yeah. there was stuff that you could only buy in the DSi shop, um, but I don't know if I count uh, that. I
3: think six of those games were ported to physical.
1: There was also, with the, um, the Game Boy Color, is that the original Game Boy, when you turned it on, there was a little uh notch in the corner Uh so that it would hold the cartridge in place which the game boy color did not have so that you could not play game boy color games in the original game boy right even though they
2: technically could run
3: yeah i've I've always considered (laughs) the um black cartridge game boy color games as big game boy color because they always came in a game boy color box even if you could play them on a game boy but then what about pokemon games um, they also came in Game Boy Color boxes, I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, but they're starting, not black. They're not black, no. But they, did. It was but a, they came in Game Boy uh, Color was.
2: boxes. Pokemon Yellow was, wasn't it?
3: Uh, yellow was Game Boy Original. It came in an original Game Boy box.
2: Oh, but it could run on Game Boy Color. With well, color. yeah, but then again, so could every Game
3: Boy yeah,
1: game. Yeah, well, also, um, some games like uh, Metroid Two: Return of Samus, they had like an internally programmed in special uh, color palette. Meanwhile, actually, uh, the original Pokemon had a special programmed in uh, Super Game Boy yeah. color palette, I believe.
3: Yeah, it also had uh, special frames because the, the yeah, game couldn't yeah. display at the same resolution as your television. It had to be squished. Yeah. Um, but the Pokemon games got their own special frames to go around that resolution.
1: Yeah, I guess I remember, um, you know, when I'm at home and I'm playing Pokemon, uh, it looks really good on the. Uh, super game boy meanwhile when you put it into a game boy color it just kind of looks all right um yeah it looks very um washed over on a game boy color i think well um i mean not just that but like uh the the color palette limitations on the actual physical game boy color uh i guess were harder than um the super game boy like uh on the super game boy you could actually get i'm trying to remember what the differences were but it was like the the individual pokemon could have their own colors yeah the
3: way that the um super game boy drew colors was it actually had the capability to have up to 16 colors which was unusual for even a game boy color or even a game boy cart playing on game boy color at the time because it would just assign a single color to each shade of gray but the super game boy made it possible to use 16 by assigning different sections of the screen four of its own colors and that's how each of the pokemon were able to have their own color palettes
1: interesting yeah um it wasn't quite as accurate on the actual Game Boy Color. Uh, so the point is, are they going to be coming out with the new Switch? I guess that's the what you guys were saying. Are they going to come out with the uh, the new Switch XL Lite?
3: The only question I have about about
1: what it is, is basically what, what would it be if a Switch Lite yeah. is
3: the Switch without TV functions and handheld only? Is a Switch Pro a Switch with only console functions and no handheld? (laughs) Because
1: you can just argue a a regular
3: Switch is that if you duct
1: tape it down. Mm -hmm. Well, um... Oh man, yeah, that would be weird if they made... Yeah, if they made a Switch that didn't have a screen... Oh yeah,
3: I guess that could be it. So that it doesn't even need a dock; it just sits there.
1: Yeah, like um, a
3: console. Yeah, basically just console only, <laughs> no handheld.
0: <laughs> I mean, they did the opposite though. Like the the light, you can't put in a TV. Right. So, like, I I feel like that would if that felt just as silly when we were first when that was not when it didn't exist. Like, why is it a switch if you can't even put it in the TV? Then how is it a switch?
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. The, the the word happening. "pro" kind of makes people assume that it will have more features, but if it's just a console-only version, it actually has fewer features. So
1: I guess yeah, like um, would they just make a a new Switch that's the exact same Switch but with higher specs? Because like there are some games I that I've so. played that have had slowdowns. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I know, could see things showing.
2: I could see that
0: happening. And, like. The benefit of an upgrade too would be that the games can perform better on handheld because that's usually where you have the most performance issues. Yeah. Switch, and also, Switch XL.
1: I guess as new games are created and they're supposed to be cross-platform, if it's trying to compete with some game that's like targeted at the PS5, um, they're going to need to bump it up just to handle like lowered resolution version. <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess my main point was uh, I hope that they're not planning on making a completely different nintendo console anytime soon because um i don't know i'm pretty satisfied with the switch
2: if they were we would have heard rumors about that like we've heard with the switch when it was called the nx before
1: (laughs) i forgot about that
2: (laughs) so we've only been hearing the uh, switch pro rumors so i think there's some validity to that there's always a little sprinkle of truth in there just be higher specs. What if it's a switch with the disc drive and you can put in GameCube games?
3: <laughs> what if it's a switch with an extra sliver like the
0: PS4 Pro?
2: <laughs> an extra an extra layer to the burger. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it is.
0: All I know is that by talking about it on the podcast, we have significantly increased the chance that it will be announced somewhere sometime between the recording of this podcast and when it goes live.
2: <laughs> oh yeah that's right
0: five minutes
1: <laughs> man you know what if they did something like uh the old uh sega extensions were like
2: of uh, the, uh, the cd and the 32x
1: yeah that they just plug into the system so like the switch docks into the switch pro or whatever the the switch pro dock and that your original switch is now boosted by being in this new dock that then you plug the dock into the TV and so on, um, and it gives you the the power boost and the CD drive and so on.
0: So you just you keep your same Switch device, but what you're replacing is just the dock is fancier. The Nintendo yeah, Switch, Switch CD. I don't know enough about the electronics of the Switch dock yeah. to know how feasible of an idea that is.
1: Yeah, yeah, because um. There was a thing on the, uh, the, there's like a port on the bottom of the SNES that, like, in theory, uh, could have been plugged into things. And also that the NES cartridges themselves had the Super FX chip and stuff and had, like, the extra, uh, ports that they could plug into to access all that. But I also think that the Nintendo Switch dock is just for power and HDMI. <laughs>
2: I think that's exactly what it's yeah, for. That's, I can not think that's all it's for yeah. <laughs> can you imagine if they put another, st- processor in that thing oh my god
0: (laughs) see i just don't know if that's how electronics works though like it's like i'm going to put in another motherboard into the switch dock which will make it better question mark here's here's another circuit board uh here's some resistors and capacitors uh you do graphics better now right (laughs) if i do that
1: But again, that's just how
0: I feel talking about
1: it. They've been doing that kind of stuff, uh, you know, since the uh, original NES that like people would put their own chips on the game board itself and that like plugging it in, like it would do its own like sub processing and stuff to get you extra, you know, sound channels or whatever. Hmm. I don't know, in theory.
2: Yeah, I've seen people like modify their Sega Saturns and whatnot. They like take out the um, hard dr- <laughs> the disk drive and they put like um not an emulator, but like a some kind some kind of like a uh, other hard drive in there where it's just basically they have all the games on there. But it's still, <laughs> but it but it's like when you plug it in, it uses the Sega Saturn hardware to still generate the games.
1: Yeah,
3: I just want to switch. They can play LaserDiscs. Is that too much to ask? Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: Jesus
2: Christ! Those things are huge. (laughs) The size of a pizza, (laughs) bro. Right,
3: so you can see where I'm going with this.
0: (laughs) Those are the size of a pizza. Get out of here! (laughs) You can't fit a pizza in your pocket. Can Can we just get a switch that puts (laughs) capacitance electronic discs? Does anyone even remember those? Yes. We have some, uh, questions from our, uh, wonderful, uh, Discord fans, um, that I want to make sure that we get to, much as I would love to entertain the idea of mm-hmm. the Switch featuring Laserdisc.
1: Um, the Switch LD. Oh, <laughs> Switch beat <meets laughs> that,
0: Nintendo. <laughs> um, the first topic, uh, was brought up by actually, uh, Blue Rider slash Brainiac, if you've seen them in the Discord, wanted us to talk about the Monster Hunter movie, which I would have expected uh, Axe, the artist formerly known as Axe Attorney, uh, Mm -hmm. to ask us this question, to be honest. Um, But, uh, so there's the Monster Hunter movie, a live-action movie based on Capcom's video game series, Monster Hunter, where you do, in fact, hunt monsters. Um, It also... Uh, according to Blue Rider, features the, uh, least ambitious crossover in history, which is Monster Hunter Iceborne, the DLC for Monster Hunter World. Actually, it might be Monster Hunter World Iceborne. It's kind of hard to see in this picture. Um, mm-hmm. uh, crossing over with Monster Hunter, aka the name of the movie. <laughs> which just basically
2: means DLC skins from the movie.
0: Right. Right. That's, that's really just what it is. Um, so the, 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 the specific question is, what kind of hope is there for the Monster Hunter movie? So, I decided to look into this specifically. I don't know, John, did you also do a little bit of your own research or just what oh, we chatted about do. earlier? Of course I do. Okay. Okay. So, my understanding, and John, you can correct me um, on anything that I get wrong here, is that this is being done by a director who is well known as you can, as well known as you can be, <laughs> for making video game movies. Uh, adaptation. So uh, I yeah, think the the most that popular one, uh, mortal, or the one that got the most traction and maybe solidified this identity for this director, uh, was the Mortal Kombat movie, <laughs> right? Yes. Um, and then the, re- the several Resident Evil movies are one of the uh, ones that I see get brought up a lot, <laughs> get brought up a lot, neutral language yeah. describing those movies for now. John apparently has opinions, which I will be happy to hear <laughs> in just a moment. Um Another common feature of this director's movies is that he casts his wife in the lead role most, if not every single time. Um, uh, most of the time. If he can. Most of the time. If he can. And uh, the main thing about the movie that people are concerned about is that instead of this sort of naturalistic... You know, using building up swords and uh, crossbows and hammers out of monster parts that you get from fighting the monsters. Um, they just send the military into the Monster Hunter world. Uh, the United States military—they actually
2: get accidentally brought there. They're not sent there.
0: Yeah, they get Isekai <laughs> into uh, Monster Hunter World. Uh, like, not sorry, Monster Hunter World world. Uh, um. <laughs> And that seems to be one of the main contentions of people saying like I what I whatever I wanted out of a Monster Hunter movie, it was not the United States military. <laughs> <laughs> that
4: is incredibly fair.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um John, do you have anything you want to yeah. add before I go into my conspiracy theory? Oh God
2: <laughs> I'll try to delay that as much as I can. <laughs> but um mm-hmm. yeah, so yeah, from what I understand, I know when the the first trailer came out, and I was like, my main my main worry was like, I knew they were going to do like a fish out of water story. It's like U.S. military going into this vast this vast unknown world. It's like, oh great, you're giving us Avatar with Monster Hunter characters.
0: <laughs> the the I think the director specifically said that he was basing it off of Avatar. Yeah. Like using yeah. not just that, but that was one of the uh, movies he used I did, as inspiration for the premise. I did
2: look in I did look into it and he said he he wanted to um Hollywood does this all the time. It's like whenever they're adapting like any sort of series, whether it's a game, book or movie or whatnot, they always need to add like a plot element in there. If it's if the world that they're trying to introduce is far too out there. Because even though Monster Hunter is capcom's most pop monster hunter world at the very least is capcom's most profitable game in years and and a lot of there's a big audience for it
0: when it comes to moot cries and Man, (laughs) (laughs) i mean
2: it's it's financially true but it's but uh (laughs) when you're making a movie instantly when you make a movie you you expand that audience but times a hundred so there's going to be there's no matter what there's going to be people going into this movie that have never even heard of the Monster Hunter series as a game before. So you have so you have to engage that audience as well as well as game fans. <laughs> so so when they do that, they they introduce outside characters going into this world. That's just a cheap I wouldn't call it cheap, but it is a plot device that is used commonly throughout throughout this whole thing. They got lucky because like beforehand because harry potter is technically about that sort of thing so it's like when so it's it's weird but um the director has stated it's like he 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 wanted to replicate his introduction to the series because he is a video game fan like he the only he the only reason we why he directed mortal kombat uh, the movie was because he played the first two games and he loved them and luckily the mortal kombat movie like or mortal kombat in the arcades had ten lines of text for the story. So, like, okay, I can expand on that. And luckily he did, and the movie was a hit. And honestly, it's still pretty fun. Uh, Resident Evil was a totally different story. <laughs> but, uh, oh my god. And those movies suck, in my opinion.
0: <laughs> but the the director is sort of known for, like, making the movie that he wants to yes, make. Yes,
2: yeah, he, um, he has a lot. And, like,
0: definitely doesn't care about the, crit, like, professional criticism. Yeah. Debatably cares about audience reception. Maybe he just kind of wants to make a movie, and the people will pay him to make whatever movie he wants. I
2: mean, audience um, in Hollywood, audience reception it it does that doesn't go by like what people are saying on Twitter. It just goes by money. So right. right. when Mortal Kombat makes four times its budget at the box office, they're like, oh shit, people love this movie. When the Resident Evil movies make more money each and every installment, like people love it, keep it going, keep it going. And then it wasn't until <laughs> six where they started the like dwindling profits. Like, okay, let's stop here <laughs> for the love of God. Yeah, critical reception, like honestly, doesn't mean anything in Hollywood. Like it it could mean <laughs> a it could mean a it could mean some stuff for a sequel or whatnot for if the director actively reads criticism and actually uses it, like. An uh, an an analyst or a cre- or a creator would, but most of the time it it doesn't mean too much. Like unless, especially if a huge amount of if millions of dollars are on the line.
0: I would also say that maybe critical reception would be important for like oh, it's a- Academy Awards type stuff. Oh, like, it should be if your goal is to if your goal is to be like. There's definitely movies that are made for uh. Ma- yeah. Made for reviewers. Yes, it, it, there is exactly. a market for that. <laughs> there,
2: yeah, there is a market for that. But there's also been times where Hollywood has attempted to make movies specifically for the Academy Awards, and it has bit them in the butt <laughs> a lot, financially and critically. So, um, so yeah, with the m- cries and cats. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. <laughs> okay. Watch that! I watched that drunk recently. That was fun. <laughs>
4: Oh, that sounds like a
0: great idea. I want to circle back to something you said that like, and I'm going to start my conspiracy theory just in case you want to, if you want to have a touchdown. Oh yeah, I want this Um, to be a
2: discussion rather than you just rambling.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. But like, so you said, one of the things you said, I also read this too, the director said that he wanted to have characters outside of the world of Monster Hunter so that he could replicate the experience of what it was like to play Monster Hunter for the first time as an outsider. I think that that is a great mindset to have. Mm-hmm. I like what he said. He said another quote I think he had was, oh, I've forgotten it now. I had it in my head and it's gone. He
2: is. He's a very, honest to God, he is a very, very smart filmmaker, like in terms of finances. Because with, fir- with the first Resident Evil movie, he mm-hmm. wrote the script, but he didn't put the title Resident Evil on it. He just called it The Undead because they didn't know the, the studio, studios wanted to make a Resident Evil movie. So mm-hmm. if if he pitched when he pitched it he 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 pitched it as something else and he said if they liked it he'll make it a resident evil movie because they have the rights to it and if they don't like it he'll take it to another studio and he'll just make it very loose to resident evil and that's why the resident evil movies are very very loosely have anything to do with the games
0: <laughs> but right so like i i i think in terms of saying like oh yes let's take you know real world characters and put them in monster hunter I think that that idea by itself is not bad. But I have a hard time believing that this British man sat down and thought, you know, what would be the best representation of my perspective when I first started playing Monster Hunter? Put myself in the military. The United States military. That is because that is of
2: a tax relatable reasons. Relatable
0: touchstone. That is because of tax A relatable reasons. touchstone for the movie going public. Is the United States military? Um, my conspiracy theory. It's not a very strong conspiracy. I think it's a very soft one. Um, is that the reason that it's the United States military is because you get extra funding and you get cool toys if you make a movie that features the military? That is um,
2: absolutely true. That's so not even a theory. That is
0: vehicles. fact. <laughs> yeah, that's fact. I, I, the theory is, I cannot find any sort of official thing saying to what extent this, uh, not just him, but like Sony pictures who is, who's producing, producing the movie, making the movie broadly speaking. Um, I couldn't find anything on how closely they are collaborating. There are military vehicles in it. And from what I understand, if you have real authentic military vehicles in your movie, it's almost certainly that there is at least some collaboration with the department of defense of the United States going on there. Mm -hmm. Um, I have also seen that sometimes it does not necessarily mean that you are painting the military in the, a positive light. Um, the military doesn't also always pull out because the re, if they pull funding, it's not because it's something in a positive light. For example, an example that I saw was that in, uh, Independence Day, the military could not support that because they used Area 51 in the movie and the military could not make any sort of official statement on whatever is happening at Area 51.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> So that's sort of a broad summary of, what was it, the Military Entertainment Industrial Complex or something like that? Or maybe just Military Entertainment Complex. Um So that's why I think the military is there. Yes. Just because they got... I think, like, not to... I'm not spoiling anything that you couldn't discern from looking at the trailer. I suspect that they're going to pull... It is one of the Jurassic Park movies. I forget which one. What's the Jurassic Park movie where a T-Rex, like after the main movie, a T-Rex makes it onto like the mainland?
2: That's the second two? one. Yeah.
0: Two. Okay, I think they're gonna pull a Jurassic Park two where for you know the the plot of the movie is they get tra- magically transported to Monster Hunter World world, mm-hmm. um, and they have to get back. Um, and I'm pretty sure there's some scenes in the trailer where like this very much looks like they got back, but they brought a monster with them. And they have to use everything they learned to defeat the monster because the monster comes up and bites a, takes a bite out of an airplane, which definitely did not come with them.
2: It's funny. <laughs> into... It's funny you say this because um, when I was looking into the movie, I saw the I saw um, one of early quotes about the about one of the early versions of the script, and they said that the climax takes place in
0: LAX. <laughs> I'm like, okay. It, the climax. <laughs> Almost certainly takes place, or the secondary climax. Is that a thing? Yes. Right. That like you have the real climax, and then you think you're day but then there's actually another surprise climax.
2: Yeah, that I ha- think is that that. Ha- that happens in movies that are way too long.
0: <laughs> so, I think that's that's my theory. Is why the, I think there is close, meaningful collaboration in this, and I'm using meaningful to mean. It significantly affected the budget of this movie. Another budget issue. Um, apparently there's only six. I read this somewhere and I don't know how true it is or what specifically it means. Apparently there's only six monsters being featured when Monster Hunter has many monsters. It is in fact one of the core conceits of the game. That is a CGI Um, budgeting thing. (laughs) True, but what would you, how would you react if I said, Hey, we're making a Pokemon live action ish type movie fe- heavily featuring CGI. Now, we're only going to use six Pokemon in the whole movie.
2: True, but that, that also, but to be fair, uh, Monster Hunter has huge monsters. Like, I think that's, right. I think they specifically just want to use the uh, big guys instead of the smaller ones. The smaller ones will probably be in it in like the background or something, but they won't be like the main That's, that's what I want to know. They won't be featured. If that makes any sense, right?
0: I that's just what I'm curious about in terms of yeah, like obviously yeah, having six major monsters be featured over the course of the movie is one thing. I just don't know what the difference is, right? That's something that was felt like a red flag to me in terms of how much of these decisions are being made from a creative standpoint and how much of these are being made from a budgetary standpoint. Um, when you look
2: at the Pokemon, so, the Pokemon movie that came out, how many? Pokemon would you say were featured and how many were like uh, I have not as?
0: actually watched the whole thing yet so I cannot say but I, even from the trailers I know more than six <laughs> maybe. I felt pretty confident in that comparison. Has anybody watched the Detective Pikachu I movie? I it. Uh, it definitely has
3: more than yeah, six I watched
2: it. <laughs> um,
3: If I had to guess how many Pokemon there are I would put it maybe around 60 unique ones that I saw maybe even more than that that I may have missed
2: how many had to do with the plot
3: um <laughs> probably only like twelve like, yeah yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, so it's a it's a good ratio of like stuff you there stuff you're just putting in the movie and then some f- ones that you're featuring in the movie mm-hmm. it's just like which how how many which ones have to do with the plot and which ones are there for
0: kicks and giggles so yeah i I don't know, I'm looking at this, and I don't see like that's the thing, I feel like in. I am concerned that in an effort to make this accessible to as many people as possible, which I usually am a staunch supporter of, I like, I like things being available to as many people as possible. I don't like, you know, gatekeeping or elitism when it comes to things about video games. Just, But just in the way that this is currently being done, it feels like to me that we're going to get the worst of both worlds. Something that isn't relatable enough to a general audience for them to be interested in it, but isn't close enough to the source material for people who are already fans of the franchise and the media property to have the response that would be required for this to franchise like they are currently planning on, which I have definitely also heard that... like. They're already trying to franchise this. Of course they are.
2: And of course they are, because it's already a franchise. It's like, this has franchise right, potential. Movie franchise. Because this has franchise potential because it has a huge, huge game franchise potential. It's just, that's just how Hollywood works, to be honest. And in all mm-hmm. honesty, I'm, is this movie going to be good? Maybe not, but at least it's, honestly, all I want is, is just to be fun. Because I'm not even a Monster Hunter fan, but I just want a fun movie out of all of it. Mm-hmm. And and there are that's... two trailers for it. The uh, American trailer is really bad. <laughs> when I first saw it, I'm just like, "Did, did they?" Just I, have, shoot... I think
0: I've only seen the American one. Yeah.
2: Did they just shoot all this in the desert and then add one location later on? Because <laughs> <laughs> like that's how they got it got through filming in a pandemic. But, um,
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it seems like they go from one desert to yeah. another desert. <laughs> and yeah. It's like, whoa, where are yeah, we? The, uh, it's like it's still just sad.
2: The international trailer, um, while it still has the same setup, it is edited way in a way more fun manner than the American trailer. It okay. actually makes. I'll give that a
0: watch then, because I think I just saw the American. It, it
2: looks like the same movie, but it's just a more fun trailer overall. So.
0: Does anybody else have any opinions they'd like to share?
3: I've never played a Monster Hunter, and I haven't seen the trailer for the movie. And up until this podcast, I didn't know that a
2: movie was coming out. Good job, marketing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I knew that the movie was coming out, but uh, yeah, I've never... Or no, I I played like five minutes of the demo uh, or something like that. Um, And that's my experience with Monster Hunter.
4: My boyfriend loves those games. Uh, I know nothing about them. I know the about only the thing cats. that I
1: really knew about the movie was uh, military propaganda. <laughs> <laughs> that's about it.
0: So if that's your question, that's how we feel about the Monster Hunter movie. I'll be interested. I mean,
4: Man, I really hope the cats are in there. Oh. I think
0: there is a cat. I think Good. I saw a Thank screenshot God. that had a cat. I don't know how much they're featured, though. Uh, it seems like, honestly, seems me. like not a lot. <laughs> Ooh, TBH. <laughs>
2: I I just um, want the movie to be fun and I and if they want anything else from the games they should have the music.
0: That's it. <laughs> um moving on to uh, some other I'm I'm sort of combining two questions into one here. Um but uh, basically uh from uh blue Ra- uh no from Chris Axe and uh Mac McBall. Mac McBall. Um Mc MacBall uh Ball Four Square. Basically, uh uh hold on let me let me make sure I'm getting this right. Did um, I Distract
1: you with Big Ball Four Square.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, so, uh, Chris Slash Axe asks, um, do you have a game where you're sitting at the end to avoid beating it? Uh, so a game that you've almost beat it or beaten or completed. And then um, Mac asks about, um, have we 100%ed games before? Um, or and uh, on the other hand, are there games that we've decided very firmly, that we're never going to even attempt to 100%. So, (laughs) yes, I have, actually.
2: I think the first game I ever 100%ed was, oh boy, um, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets on PC.
3: I love that game.
2: (laughs) I (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, I know. I just love playing it. I was like, I want to get every card. I want to get every magic bean. I want to get everything. It's so, it was, I don't know, it was just fun. I want to beat everyone in Quidditch because I'm the best. Yeah, no, that was fun. But yes, so I don't, nowadays I only 100% the games I really love playing. Because like, um, now I have I I like I just 100%ed uh, Miles Morales. But that's just because it's very easy to get the platinum in the new Spider-Man games. So yeah.
1: Yeah, I was... I was going to say um I mean I don't know if you can really count it as 100%ing uh back in like the NES or Super NES era where it's just like hey you beat the game <laughs> you beat the game you know um but yeah like I mean the original Pokemon or let's say something like uh you know Xenogears where there was a bunch of stupid stuff like the card game or whatever um that goes on in the background uh I used to do that but there's so many more games out now and like so much less time now that i you know work full time and so on so yeah i have a lot of games that uh i'm never going to go back to you know pokemon sword and shield and try to get all you know 700 pokemon or whatever um it's not going to happen i'm sorry but there are still a few games like uh i've been playing Hades and i got the ending, and then I got the other ending, and I'm still playing, trying to get everyone's uh, bonds and so on, um, try to hit all of the uh, uh faded, whatever, uh, prophecies. Am I hearing
2: this correctly? Jetty it um, play- has played a game of the year nominee this year. He <laughs> oh, n- played
1: not for the game cola oh. <laughs> He's played a recent um, video, but game? yes, of-, of 2020. Yeah, surprisingly, I have played a game. Well, it, it, but that's the thing. It didn't really come out this year. I guess it it went gold this year. It was, like, had an official final real release, oh. uh, but it had been out on Early Access for a couple years. Depends on how you define it. But yes, I've played a game from recent times. Mm. Uh, although, I do also have several games <laughs> that I got close to the end, and um, uh, Dragon Quest Eleven. It's been sitting at like, I don't know, I guess I'm at like 80% maybe. I don't know if I'm going to go back, like maybe one day. Uh, I don't know why I stopped, but after leaving it for a while, just no real (laughs) desire to go back and complete (laughs) it. Um, And I have a couple of games like that, I can't think of them off the top of my head. But uh, uh, Little Dragons Cafe, I'm never 100% (laughs) in that, I'm sorry.
4: What do you mean?
1: I beat it. I beat it, but I'm not going to go back and do all the other uh, extra quests or whatever.
2: That reminds me, I absolutely refuse to get all the Korak seeds in Breath of the Wild, but I did to get all the shrines.
3: I 100% every yeah, game a... I touch, guys. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and
3: Matt, it are you sucks,
1: okay? but I love okay, it. Okay, Nathaniel.
3: <laughs> but I have a system of, of, of doing it because um, I feel like if I played every game only once and just 100 percent it the first time. I would never really get to experience the game the way that it was intended to be experienced. And I know that that sounds counterintuitive. Because if you're doing everything all in one sitting, and you're experiencing everything, then how could you not have possibly experienced the whole game? And my answer is this. The first time I play through a game, I just play through until I beat it. Because that's the casual experience, and I want to experience how anybody would just pick up and play the game. And then I'll wait a little bit, maybe a couple of months, maybe a year... Maybe more. And then I'll 100% it. But I'll start back from the beginning to have a full second playthrough as the completionist that I am. So it may take a little bit of, of time before I eventually get to 100% a game, but I 100% every game I touch. Even ones with ludicrous 100% requirements. <laughs> I am totally getting 900 Korok I haven't done it yet, but it's happening. <laughs> um I 100%ed Gen 1 and Gen 2 of Pokemon, which took me a combined total of nine full days to
0: do for all six games. So it'll happen. So I, I, a question I have for you, Matt, then is like, is there, you say you 100% every game you touch. Um, first question, like, how much of an exaggeration, if an exaggeration, is that? Like, does that extend to, like, games that you don't like, for example?
3: Okay, so if there's a game that I straight-up don't like whatsoever, I'll pretty much know right away. And then not only will I not 100% it, I just won't even beat it. But okay. I'm pretty freeform when it comes to games. I haven't really experienced that many that I have straight-up hated. So even if I dislike a game only a little bit, I'll still play through it to 100% completion at some point. Um, I guess I would say if I would give a game at least a 3 out of 10, then I will 100% it.
0: Okay. Do you, and you don't have, like, a bail condition of, like, oh, if it's a game like this, then I'm just not even going to touch it. Cause... Not
3: really. Um, Just as long as I'm enjoying myself at least a little bit,
0: and it's a nice, fun challenge, I will 100% it. Um, I I guess more more of what I mean is, like, you see... Like, before you even start playing the game, you see how ridiculous it would be to complete, and you're like, well, my code says that if I start this, I have to complete it. So I'm just not going to touch it, and then I don't have any obligations. Nope, I'm
3: the total opposite. Uh, I'm written so that my code says I have to beat this game 100%, so I do it. I just might put it off for a very long time until I feel guilty enough to finally pick it up seven years later. Hence why it took me my entire life to finally get around to doing 100% Pokedex. For gens one and
0: two, even though I've been playing them since I was a child. So, would would you consider those your most, like, your large? I guess, like, I would definitely think that, like, all of the Pokemon games combined, which I believe is your long term goal, it right is. Now. It's definitely going to be, and that's going to take me forever, but I'm looking forward to it. Right. So, that's your, that's, I would definitely say that, that is the biggest 100% completion project that I have even ever oh, yeah. heard of, but on an individual game basis. Mm what do you feel like has been the biggest sort of challenge? Like just the single game, right? So I would not necessarily count Pokemon in the same way. You know what I mean? Like I would still count it if you wanted to say one of the Pokemon games, but I would think of it as a different challenge than trying to get all of them. Um, If we're just talking about like a single game, um,
3: Mm -hmm. then I guess I would disqualify Pokemon since Gen 1 is three separate games. And Gen two requires that you play Gen one, so it's six games total. That's mm-hmm. actually kind of a tough one. I've played so many. Um Oh god, that really is a hard
0: question. Is there ever one that's made you question your philosophy of completing <laughs> the games? That's maybe that's another way to phrase it. Um, I mean, there. Have, when did you almost there have give been up? A lot that have done that. <laughs> when, oh, when did I almost give up? Um
3: Well, Pokemon was definitely one of those, but there have been many. <laughs> um let's see let me turn over let me look at the game wall
4: <laughs> <laughs> your game wall is lit my god thank you like, thank you holy holy hell
3: uh let's see oh my goodness sonic adventure 1 on the dreamcast <laughs> getting all of the emblems in that game it's like all right cool I need 130 emblems. And then you get 125 of them, no problem. And you're like, this was a nice, fun challenge. And then you realize that the last five are going to take you probably into your 60s. And then you want to die. <laughs> because you have to do the chow races, which means you have to breed the chow. And that takes forever. Even if you cheat, it still takes forever. Not that I would, but if, ju- if just thinking about cheating is still going to make me have to play the game for months, and I'm and I'm deciding I'm not cheating, so it's going to be extended even longer, I already hate this. But I'm gonna do it, because (laughs) I dipped my toe in for the first 125, which isn't a dip, it's most of the game. So I gotta do it.
0: (laughs)
1: Yeah, I'm I'm having uh, flashbacks, I don't know if it, you know, remotely compares, but Final Fantasy VII and the Chocobo racing, trying to get the golden Chocobo and so on, and like, it's funny because I remember trying to cheat with that, but the thing is is that in order on the original PlayStation to reset the console, you are sitting there for like, what, 15-30 seconds as it goes, ding, ding, ding. like, as it does it, bow, like, you're sitting there through all of the loading stuff, and then you get into the game, and then it loads your memory card. Uh, in order for you to then try to breed another Chocobo. <laughs> I don't know if it compares, or if you've tried. Uh, it is
3: similar, but I think that Sonic Adventure just really? takes <laughs> Okay. Um, but there have definitely been a lot of experiences like that. Um, one of the biggest detractors, I think, um, that gets people not to want to play games 100% is not just the amount of content required for completion, but just the length of time it'll take. Because you can have a relatively small amount of things needed to be done, if they will all take a long time to do, it can feel like a much larger task than it really is. Especially yeah. if they're
0: not also not fun. Yeah. And especially if they're not <laughs> like, outlined, uh,
3: because a lot of games won't tell you when uh, you've 100 of them. Like old style Zeldas don't tell you when you've
0: yeah. fully completed them. You just gotta know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You gotta look yeah. it up. Yeah. I got. Um, it. Sort of to something you said earlier about like certain games are like there's the experience of playing it casually and there's the experience of completing mm-hmm. it and how some games. I don't know if you said this, but the thought I had definitely was, there are some games that I feel like aren't designed to be completed. Like, you can complete them, yeah. but that's not why they made the things the way that they did. Something maybe slightly controversial uh, that I would bring to that would be uh, S- uh Super Mario Sunshine. I don't think they made the blue coins with the intention of people going to have fun collecting all the blue coins, <laughs> because it is not Fun. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) To collect all the blue coins. It's just like a little bonus thing that you can do. It gives like a little, it's a small reward for doing things that are not on the critical path, but like do take some skill or some, you know, awareness to find. But like the process of going in and finding all of them is not fun. I would also kind of say the same of the hint art in Mario Odyssey. Like yeah. I did not have fun with the hint art in Mario. You also Odyssey. don't it just kind of felt like busy in,
2: work. In Sunshine, you also don't get everything, get anything for getting all the sprites mm. or, or or yeah, Shine sprites. Well, you,
1: no, I think
0: you, you get do. you get, get a shirt, thing, but it's no, stupid. you get
2: the shirt for just beating the game. <laughs> so I literally you, just beat the game and I got the shirt. Yeah, what you didn't actually get, all get the for
3: hundred percent completion in Mario Sunshine is after the credits, you get a static image with the whole cast of the game that says like "Have a relaxing vacation." I thought you got either sunglasses or a shirt. It's like a
2: video (laughs) game. This was my vacation.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm relaxed, all right. My fingers are bleeding. I'm relaxed.
1: (laughs) I'm also uh, on the subject of, like, games that uh, trying to 100% them, you don't play them the same way. Um, I'm thinking about Chrono Trigger, Mm. where, like, Mm. if you want to get through the trial, you have to, like go and do everything at the very beginning of the game so like you know a quarter of the way through the game what you did at the very beginning was important Mm -hmm. but you wouldn't know that if you hadn't played before
0: right which they're banking on
1: yeah right to get you to go back and play again
0: right and again and again and again that's how that's how you feel like you get your money's worth out of a game But I feel like that's more, like, games that are designed to be replayed versus games that are designed to be completed. Because I don't feel like Chrono Trigger is designed to be completed in a sense that getting everybody to max level and getting all the items and doing all the paths isn't necessarily a fun way to play the game for a wide audience. There's no checklist Um, for it. But, like, it is designed so that when you start over at the beginning it's still fun to play through it again they have the new game plus which i feel like yeah. is a similar well, but different feeling uh to like new- games that are fun to complete because some games where you complete them you don't start over at the beginning to complete them
1: yeah um i mean a new game plus is a little different in the way that it's handled in uh chrono trigger but like i guess also again how do you tell for like a super nintendo game if you've 100%ed it uh, yeah, the, maybe if, you if there's no in counter.
0: <laughs> Some games um, do still tell you.
1: Well, I, I don't think they really did in the uh, the Super Nintendo era, is my, my thing. Like, games now, obviously, they give you lists and they give you achievements and stuff, and you can kind of, like, uh, if not within the game, uh, you know, somewhere you can look up, did I get all of the achievements? Well, like um, Donkey
0: Kong Country, Th- that had oh, a pretty... Yeah. I mean, it had its funny little thing with those 101, 102, 103%. Right, but, but, the thing but aside from not that, every I feel like it was pretty clear. That. that was a, like a, a drop in the
3: bucket. Donkey Kong Country right. was a ray of sunshine in the hell world that is 100% in games. <laughs> okay.
0: I guess maybe it's because of my admittedly limited knowledge of the SNES era from in terms of living through it. Uh, maybe Donkey Kong Country is over-representing the the library of games in my head
3: i will say that there's one other thing i'd like to touch upon when it comes to 100 percent in games is that every gamer has some of them have similar ones but i feel like everybody has at least a little bit different definition of what 100 percent really truly definitively means like do you get absolutely everything mm-hmm. on every difficulty with every character using every skin do you get all of the achievements that aren't necessarily built into the game, but built onto the platform? Do those count? Yes or no? Everyone has a different definition.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and I think it can also be kind of like I think you're right in the terms of it is like a particular definition, but I think also like some baked in there, some people will say, like depending on how the game is presenting it. Like I don't, I feel like you could make an argument that the Korok seeds. Aren't necessarily part of one hundred percent because it's just an upgrade system rather than like a challenge right. to complete. I I think I would still categorize it, but then it's like, well, do I have to get you know have every weapon in my possession at one point? Do I have to collect every single potential rupee source? And I think exactly. many people would it, say It no. starts to
3: become this confusing web of precisely what it means. One of my favorite examples was when Portal 2 came out, I wanted to 100% it, and the in-game um, 100% list is basically null. As long as you beat the game, there really isn't anything else to do, but there's a list of achievements on Steam. Mm-hmm. One of which is called Narbacular Drop, which is to shoot a portal under your partner in co-op while they are gesturing, which is ARBITRARY. <laughs> so if that counts toward completion I would do that ostensibly speaking any game developer can make any arbitrary um requirement for 100%
2: to be fair I would do that if it was achievement okay. or not <laughs> <laughs> is that just I me? mean of course I did it
3: but what I'm saying is that's <laughs> such a strange thing to have to acquire it's not a collectible it's not um like a boss battle it's not an upgrade it's
0: just a thing you can do but it doesn't do anything. Right, cuz it's like at a certain point achievements some people would think of achievements as a way to codify certain milestones and challenges that would be normally be a part of considered considering 100%ing a game, but in a way that allows like the hardware and software and setup of an Xbox or a PlayStation 5 to sort of keep track of it in a larger s- sense of your library with trophies and whatever the achievement points, the gamer score, um, gamer bits, you pour them on your cereal. Um, Gameros? <laughs> Gameros. <gamers. laughs> <Gamers. laughs> yeah. Um, but, but, right, but then it, you get to certain things where it's like, then sometimes I remember talking with, uh, like with Mega Man. Like in Mega Man Nine and Ten, they their achievements that are like beat the game without taking damage and like or without missing a single shot. Or, yeah, stuff like that where it's like Bruh. you are implying that I have not sufficiently beaten this game if I have not done this. Right. Um, I feel yeah. like in Mega Man Eleven in particular, they do a better job of making them more reasonable, especially with the the way they handle the difficulty levels. I, I think that's another issue of like. I would not consider being able to beat a Mega Man game without getting hit on the hardest difficulty to be part of 100% completing it. But you could conceivably make that achievement, and then at that point, is it? Right? If it even, Especially if it's baked into the game itself, and it's not just, like, an external thing. Like, yeah, I think there's a lot of confusing wiggle room. As things get expanded. And like that, that unlocks a whole other can of worms
3: because um, Crash 4 just came out recently and one of the things actually literally required for 100% is to beat stages without dying a single time. But there is an extra mode that you enter in order to do that. Um, like you actually are awarded with a medal that counts towards your completion if you're able to beat it without dying. And you also have to do some other requirements at the same time. You have to break. Um, you have to get 80% of the fruit boat and break all of the boxes while not dying a single time. Mm. But because the game actually awards you with in-game percentage, it feels more earned than if you just arbitrarily played through and decided not to die <laughs> yeah, Plus, I, I have decided
0: not to die. Plus, it should also... <laughs>
3: a decision we have all made. It should also
2: consider that some games that do that, they're designed that way. It's like, oh yeah, you can easily train yourself in these levels to not get hit. Hit once or whatnot—it's hard, yes, but it's possible. Other games, it's like, this is impossible. It's absolutely, and then 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 they'll just throw the achievement in there for kicks and giggles. I guess that's my phrase of tonight.
3: <laughs> right. I mean, Mega Man is well designed enough, but it's not designed yeah. for a perfectionist even. It's designed to be learnable, but considering how large Mega Man's uh, health bar is. I don't think that the game was designed to be played through yeah. without taking any damage. Oh absolutely.
0: <laughs> Crash uh,
2: probably was because it's an it's an old school game made today. It's like, oh people like people like this stuff and let's actually implement it into the game into the game's yeah. coding for them to not for them to one hundred percent it while not getting hit. I just know if you're you're not a true hundred percenter unless you one hundred percent Toy Story Two buzzlet you to the rescue <laughs> on the PS one. You have to get every single Pizza Planet token. I challenge you Matt. Tune in on next
3: episode. I, uh,
2: do that. Do it.
0: <laughs> um, I think it's about time for us to shift. Uh, I guess I didn't really answer. I hundred I percent some games. I I hundred percent games if I like them. Yeah, I hundred percent Mario Odyssey. That's it. Um, and then the my answer to the, the game that you didn't finish but got real close, uh, Super Paper Mario. Uh, there was the final boss, and then there was the secret second final boss and it was really hard, and I just didn't. I just stopped playing the video <laughs> game, and then I lost it, and could not return oh. it to Gamefly. Um, I think we ended up finding it, like, years later, long after we had stopped using Did Gamefly. They still- oh. But I just, I remember, like, I just, like, no. I beat the boss, it was really hard, and then it was, like, bonus boss, it's even harder, and I just... I didn't want to do it. I haven't had fun with the game up until that point, but I stopped having fun, so I stopped playing the game. I don't usually do stuff like that, but that sticks out in my mind.
4: I haven't finished playing Pokemon Y because I can't be the champion. I almost did, and then she used a potion, and then I got upset.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I would have 100%ed Mario Odyssey, but I borrowed it from a friend, so I gave it back to him after I got like the champion's road or whatever that final course was. I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm happy with this.
0: Why don't we talk about video games that we have played in recent times? Now, I wonder if there's anybody who really wanted to talk about the video games that they played in recent times on this podcast.
4: Guess what? I play video games.
0: No, illegal. Leave this podcast, Anna. I would love to talk about
4: these video games that I've been playing. So guess what? Our power went out like (laughs) two weeks ago and Mm -hmm. that's kind of what spurned this entire thing because my switch was fully charged while my power was out for 18 hours and um so i played on my switch i played uh octopath traveler which i absolutely love that game i completely forgot how to play it in the one year it's been year and a half it's been (laughs) almost since I've played it last. Um, was
0: the last time you had played it the time I was at your house? Yes.
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs> that was the last time I played it. I have moved technically twice since then. Um, <laughs> uh, and uh, after that, I played Crypt of the Necro Dancer, which is a game I've been playing a lot lately. I'm very bad at it, uh, but I love it so so much. The music is so good. What other games? I've played Among Us with some friends, which is always a good time. Um, We play Hide and Seek, where the imposter lets everyone know who they are. Everyone has regular visibility except the imposter. The kill range and the kill counter are low, so that if they find you, they can stab you, but you have plenty of time to get away from them if they don't see you. (laughs) Um, so my one friend somehow just kept killing us in one room and it was great because uh, we all had tasks in there. Uh, I've played Phasmophobia, which was a lot of fun. I got the spirit box the second time we played and I'm just running around going, hey, hey, Stephen. Hey, Stephen, do you <laughs> want to talk to us? Hey, Stephen. Uh, and then every once in a while he would start a hunt and me and my friend would go to a different room hide out for a while and then we'd go back to the room he was in and just be like, all right, Stephen, that wasn't very cool. Uh, so I think he, <laughs> I don't think the spirit box worked. I think he just wanted to kill me for continuing to speak. <laughs> um, let me look at...
0: Phasmophobia is the ghost hunting multiplayer game, yes. for those of you who don't know. Yes.
1: Yeah, I've also been playing that recently. It's very fun. It's a very good game, um, Yeah. Um, it, it's incredibly difficult to figure out how to play. Yes, but once you get it down, it's yes. fun.
4: Um, I've also been playing Animal Crossing as always. I've been playing. How long does it take Zelda to scratch me in the face before, like, for me to stop picking her up?
2: The cat, right?
4: She hates me. Yes, that's my cat. <laughs> <one>. uh-
3: <laughs> what console is that on? <laughs>
4: If I poke her, will she destroy me? Um, I've been playing Sims 3 a lot. Uh a new pack came out, but I haven't played it at all because
0: A new pack for Sims 3?
4: Sims 4, sorry. I've been playing a lot of Sims okay. 4. Um <laughs> But I haven't played it. I don't have any money, and it also just isn't my vibe. It's also not on sale right now, so no point. Um there's a game called uh let me find it. Alright, so the name is The Slaughter, Act 1. It is a point-and-click pixel art game. Uh, I have barely gotten into it, but the beginning is just you getting beaten up by some guy and a child, and so that's a pretty interesting way to start a video game. Uh, (laughs) It definitely has something to do with uh, Jack the Ripper, time in history. Someone's dead. That happened. We have to find uh, jewelry because her sister came to our office and was like, Hey, can you find this? And we went, yeah, sure. All right, here, right, uh, we'll take your money. And I've also been playing a lot of Minecraft. I tend to just go off on my own in Minecraft and just play dig until I find uh, bedrock. So I don't usually do a lot of like the big goal type things. But uh, Cam has been trying to get me to do more things. While Meanwhile, I play on vanilla, easy, peaceful Minecraft, usually on my own. So I don't have to fight anything. and can just build to my heart's content. But yes, so that is, those are the video games I've played. I'm very proud of myself.
0: Good job. A round of applause for Anna Thank for playing you. video games. Thank you, I deserve games. it. Thank you. <laughs> Jenny. what video games have you been playing in recent times?
1: Yeah, um, I've also been playing Phasmophobia. Um, it's a good one. Uh, takes some getting used to. The controls are a nightmare. Um, I think it's set up primarily for uh, VR. And then they're like, oh, we could also sell it to people who don't have VR. Uh, what keys should they use? I don't know, T? <laughs> 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 Well, once you get it down and also i'm using a controller so it's a little easier but uh oh yeah there's fun stuff like uh, if you're trying to use the controller or the keyboard to navigate menus that like it doesn't scroll with you or anything and like uh the direction that you need to push in order to switch like uh out of the list and into the buttons is confusing and stuff sometimes you just have to set the controller down grab the mouse and just do it manually but other than that, when you're actually playing the game and you know what you're doing, it's fun. Um, and then the other one that I've been playing a lot of, again, is Hades. I'm getting close to 100%. So a fun and exciting game.
0: John, what video games have you been playing in recent times? Boy, <laughs> 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 too many. Too
2: many. Um, quick rundown. Uh, I've been, it's been a while since I've been on the podcast. Um, throughout all of October, we, uh, my roommate and I have been watching a lot of horror movies. But at night, we would play Silent Hill 2. It was his first playthrough, and it was my second playthrough, and I loved the game even more. I uh, just 100% of my, uh, Miles Morales. That was fun. Uh, right now, I'm playing through The Thing on the original Xbox. I, it was at a Ritual Gaming store near me for like 15 bucks. Uh, it was one of my favorite horror movies ever, so I'm playing through that. The game's not too bad. It's actually a lot better than I thought. also playing the Punisher game on Xbox. They also had it there for very cheap. It's fun, but it's all right. I don't don't know. There's some cheat codes in there that I use to skip past some annoying levels. Spider-Man Edge of Time. I just, I bought, I bought an Xbox copy. I had it originally on 3DS, which if you haven't played that version, it's literally cut and paste the console version, which is impressive. And then, Hmm. yeah, it's very, it was very weird. And then I just, I just bought, um, for Black Friday. I haven't played it yet, but I'm going to, uh, Fire Emblem Three (laughs) Houses. It's gonna be Ooh. yeah
0: you'll be uh, you'll be entered into a uh decent uh chunk of game Cola staff who have played that yeah. game I think right Diana's played it Anna yeah, did you play no. and jetty?
1: I haven't played it, but um it was definitely uh oh yeah, we just recently did the uh nominations and the voting for the uh game Cola year end awards 2019 mm-hmm. uh which the listeners can look forward to coming up here uh in the month Ooh, of december christmas in december the, <laughs> yeah the, the whole, whole holiday live christmas, cast, in uh, christmas in december <laughs> uh year-end wards extravaganza um yeah there were several people that voted for uh fire emblem fire emblem three houses, houses.
2: <laughs> wonderful uh yeah i can't i can't wait to play that i've heard so many great things about it um <laughs> Technically, I thought it was gonna be my first Fire Emblem game, which is not true. Because I remember I got Fire Emblem: The Sacred Stones for free when I bought the uh 3DS at launch.
0: Mm-hmm. So, I played that yeah, too, so
2: that's I forgot I had that game. But yeah, it was hard as hell.
0: <laughs> I don't think I beat that one either. Actually, I played a
2: good amount of it. I didn't. I didn't beat it though.
0: Yeah, I think there was a little bit of choice fatigue there. It's like. It's really easy to just pop onto something else because you got all the different Game Boy Advance games there. There was a Lord of the
2: Rings Game Boy Advance game I played, like, when I was a kid. And it wasn't until recently I realized, holy crap, that game was just a Fire Emblem clone. Like, the whole thing, the whole <laughs> thing, like, tur- like the whole uh, battle strategy movement in the, uh, to the actual fighting was exactly the same. <laughs> but yeah, I can't...
0: Those are all the video games you've played in recent times? Not all of them, but I'll spare you because I've talked enough this podcast. <laughs> Matt, what video games have you completed in recent
3: times? Well, with me, the, the times may be recent, but the games I'm playing are always uh, antediluvian. So, um, <laughs> okay, S-A-T yeah. words, let's like just do it, huh? Uh, well, you know how I am. Um, other than Miles Morales, and, and right now I'm playing through some Picross because I wanted something just kind of low-key to get me through the Black Friday week, I... Finally beat uh, Legend of Zelda: The Minish Cap, which, despite being a big Zelda fan, I had actually never
2: played before. Um, I, I, I played really it. Like I haven't Cap. beaten it yet. I, <laughs> there was. It is so. Fun. Oh my god! I played that during a time where I just played a whole bunch of Zelda games, but I didn't beat them. Like I played the first mm-hmm. like three temples of Link's Awakening, and then. Uh, the first two in Minish Cap, and then the first two in Oracle Seasons, and I haven't gone back to mm-hmm. any of them since.
0: Uh, yeah,
3: Minish so Cap's colorful. good. Oh, Minish Cap's the I love it. It really is. I also, um, for whatever reason, I, I've I've done it before, but I was bored one night, so I decided to get the best ending in Ducktales on Game Boy on Game difficult Boy. because I don't know why not. Um, but the big speaking of Fire Emblem. Um, the largest adventure that I've had with video games in uh, recent times was um, playing through Shining Force 2 on the Genesis, which is basically just a Fire Emblem clone, um, but done by Sega. And it's very well done. The soundtrack is baller, to use a non-SAT word. And <laughs> um, I love all the characters. The dialogue is goofy, and some of it is written terribly, but it's still a great story. I love, I love all of the uh, vibrant colors. And the gameplay is incredibly intuitive, and I don't like it as much as Fire Emblem, but it's so close. It's such a good game. I recommend it to everybody, even people who have maybe never picked up um, a tactical RPG. It might be easier to get into than Fire Emblem. Hmm. Um. But yeah, I mean, just like
0: John, there's a ton of things that I've been playing recently, but I've also talked a lot, so I'll spare you the rest. I've just been bouncing around the usual suspects. I played, I, I don't know if I talked about this on the podcast yet, but I, I played... Both DLCs of Pokemon. I enjoyed my time with them, but like I've said about everything, if you, how much you like the DLC is directly proportional to how much you like the, the base game. I, doing a little bit of shiny hunting, messing around with some of the extra stuff, the, the max raid, uh, like dungeons have, where you catch the legendary Pokemon, I feel like is a better idea, a more refined idea of the max raid battles of the main game in particular, like, what is something that is fun for multiple people to collaborate on together? Which I feel like that was something that Pokemon was really trying to go for with this set of games is like, what's something that people can play together instead of against each other? What's a fun way to do Pokemon like that? Um, so they're working on it. Uh, I could talk more about that maybe on another podcast. Um, and then, uh, you know, dipping into Minecraft a little bit. Right now, my main video game decision is trying to figure out which, uh, Mega Man uh, Switch collection I should get. Or plural perhaps. Because like they're all, a lot of them are like 50% off for Black Friday type Ooh. deals. And that'll be I don't think that'll be the case once this podcast goes up. So I have to come up with a decision soon. Um,
2: I would say um, Do I get
0: one where I've already played the video games?
2: <laughs> or um, I will say the, ge- but John, the games in uh, Mega Man X Legacy Collection 2 are nothing to write home about
0: okay maybe I'll maybe I'll save that for next Black Friday. Um, yeah I definitely I think challenge? I think X and ZX are the ones I'm are the the Z I haven't played any of the Z yeah or was... zero or ZX games. I saw that on I feel my... like that's a really interesting I saw part that, yeah, of Mega show. Man history if you haven't
3: played them if you haven't that... played them they're definitely worth getting into. I love the zero games. I haven't played the ZX games yet, but all four zero games are some of the
0: best GBA titles out there in my opinion. So, I definitely want to get into that, because I feel like, like, there's Mega Man Battle Network, which I have played a little bit of, and it's like, I like the idea of what it brings to, like, the comprehensive Mega Man universe, but, like, it's not Mega Man. (laughs) Like, it's not classic Mega Man. It's just another cool idea with the integrating technology themes into a video game. Like, again, I like it, but it's not, like... It's got a lot of nods to Mega It's not, it's not, yeah, it's not an extension of the classic Mega Man formula, like, x was i feel it sounds like i don't know maybe matt you can sort of speak to this just a little bit like it feels like zero and zx are meant to be extensions of Mega Man x
3: perhaps oh yeah they absolutely the, they absolutely are the earlier I mean, they, ones. they literally chronologically take place in the future right. they're meant to carry on the story right but i mean um, in I mean, terms they, of they gameplay similar oh they even play similarly not okay. exactly the same but anybody who has played
0: X can pick up and play zero, and then can hmm. pick up and play Z X. Yeah, I've played the first two Mega Man X games on, uh, like downloaded off of Wii or Wii U shop, um, and I did I did like them. They're definitely in like the top. Both of those are, I think, in the, my top five Mega Man games. So I'll I was figure also it out say that. If you haven't point. gotten the Legacy
3: Collections for uh, Mega Man X, uh, the X Challenge is a, a fun little romp trying to beat two uh, Mavericks at the same time with hmm. limited weapons. It's very fun. Okay.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll look into that. I have, I do have the original legacy collection on the computer, but I think I would rather have the switch ones because the one on PC is kind of weird with my computer. Like the text in the main thing doesn't work right and I can't figure out how to fix it. It's just a garbled mess. I don't understand why. I've done every single like compatibility thing to try to fix it and it's just, it's real letters, but they're, they don't spell any words. I don't understand why. Um, so maybe having it on Switch would be better. Um, I also own, like, of the original six Mega Man games, I own, like, almost all of them in multiple forms in some capacity, even without the Mega Man Legacy Collection, so I don't need it on Switch, too. Probably. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think that's, uh, we are doing well. I think this was a good podcast to get caught up with everyone once again. Thanks. Uh, for everyone for coming out and talking about video games on this The Game Cola podcast. Um, well, you know I like video games. No. You're <laughs> Unique among Game Cola people. <laughs> <laughs> still, <laughs> liking still not video sure games. how I
4: feel.
0: them. Cool. <laughs> no, um, They're all right. And to the listeners, thank you for listening to this episode and other episodes of The Game Cola podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to check us out on our actual internet website, GameCola.net, or... Or on our YouTube channel, gc.net, the letter G, the letter C, the word dot, the word net. We've been streaming on the YouTube channel a bit, um, and having a lot of fun there. Uh, so you should definitely check that out, subscribe, and you'll get notified. You can also find the Game Cola Discord through our Twitter, um, or on the website, our uh, Twitter and Facebook, our game, both call it just called Game Cola. And I think the, the, the announcement Jetty sort of alluded to is that we are preparing, getting things ready for Ho Ho Holiday, Christmas in December. Uh, live Cast Stravagan <laughs> Awards Cash Stravagand's uh twenty nineteen yeah. and twenty twenty. Um is Santa
2: gonna be there?
1: Yep.
0: Everybody's voted. No, it's... Santa will probably feature at some point in some
1: capacity. <laughs> um well this oh, yeah. Well if I are we gonna defeat Santa again this year uh in uh Secret Mana or are we gonna finally beat Yeah the firemen <laughs> what is it that I always do that I always die on?
0: Um well we've made it to the point where you don't explode in the windows every single time. Yeah. Um uh, I think it's just there's certain bosses that we've never really gotten past. Yeah. Um Maybe I'll maybe I'll do more research than usual into beating the game. Maybe we'll we'll figure it out. We need to make more progress than we have before.
4: If nothing else goes in twenty twenty, this will.
1: I'm not um, gonna go read a guide.
0: So. We did it. That's what I did. I was reading you through the guide and the like the past you? Um so look forward to that. Uh, Jetty, I'll have my pieces written soon. Yes, thank you. Well you gave them to me right before Thanksgiving. Like what did you expect?
1: Yeah, so that you have time over the <laughs> long weekend. I
0: wrote
1: mine. Um <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten several actually. I will write mine soon, too. Yes, no worries. Um, There's still time.
0: Did I uh, make sure you listen to the podcast on iTunes or Spotify or on YouTube or wherever you want to get podcasts. Usually you can find it if you have, like, a podcatcher.
1: Um, and again, In Discord if you want to freezing. ask questions. What, Jetty? In your grocer's freezer or wherever fine podcasts are sold.
0: <laughs>
1: Wait, um, sold? <laughs> <laughs> Downloaded, it, streamed.
0: Is, is that everything? Did I hit all of the main things? If you're People listening to the Game the Podcast, you probably know about all of our things at this point.
2: <laughs> it's only it's only the 144th podcast. I'm, I'm sure they'll be fine.
0: You guys, <laughs> <laughs> if you're just tuning in, <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, thank you again for listening. Have a wonderful time of day wherever it is, whenever it is. You are listening to this podcast, and we will talk to you next month. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. <laughs> Later.
1: I think we invented the podcast, actually.
2: (laughs) Facts. Straight facts. (laughs) Not disputable (laughs) whatsoever.